Hello, this is Will Stoller for Payday Loan Industry Watch, PLIwatch.org, which produces this podcast. PLI Watch is an independent source for news and information about what's happening in the payday loan and cash advance industries. We're able to bring you this service based on donations and sponsorships. The content of this podcast is unlikely to reflect the views of sponsors or donors. This is PLIwatch.org podcast number 12 and is for the last week of August and first week of September. One of the dilemmas facing online payday lenders is getting a steady stream of incoming traffic, an unbroken supply of new leads and payday loan applications from those new leads. To mitigate some risk while simultaneously growing their businesses, many lenders often contract with third parties to send what's known as opt-in email to thousands if not tens of thousands of email addresses. This email contains an offer from the payday lender for the recipient. It's semi-costly to send, and a payday lender is interested in getting good returns for his or her dollar when working with a third-party email marketer. So, another part of the dilemma is measuring how well a third-party email marketer is performing, in particular, how each email campaign is doing, and to determine how well the lender's email campaign is doing when compared to all of the other email campaigns that are out there. Of course, analytics about an industry space are like gold to email marketers, affiliates, because they can analyze how to more effectively email to their email lists. A part of the overall solution for everyone comes from getting solid market intelligence about email. Hailing from downtown Manhattan, enter Bill McCloskey, President and CEO of Email Data Source, a knowledge area expert on email analytics and today's interviewee. We asked Bill a series of questions about the email market space, including why analytics are important to the payday lender and why analytics are good for the consumer. According to the Email Data Source website, Bill is, quote, among the more influential thought leaders in the field of interactive marketing. He was named one of online advertising's 50 most influential people by Media Magazine in 2004 and one of the 100 people to know by B2B Magazine in 2003. As a writer, Bill discusses current email marketing issues in a weekly column entitled The Email Insider. From Email Data Source about its analytics product, Email Analyst. Quote, email analyst enables you to monitor competitive email offers, see which offers were the most effective in driving traffic to the offer page, monitor affiliate email networks, and find and research new third-party lists, unquote. Because PLI Watch normally takes a neutral position on all things connected to the industry, we have to disclose here that we are biased. We strongly believe the email analyst tool is good for affiliate marketers, payday lenders, and consumers. More on that toward the end of the podcast. After the podcast, in fact, we encourage you to visit www.emaildatasource.com, email data source is one word, to learn more about Bill's company and its analytics offerings. Now, on to the interview. Bill, welcome to the podcast. Thanks very much. First question, email analytics. Can you introduce this discipline to our audience? What is, how does it work? And why should this discipline matter to people marketing in the payday loan market space? I can address that by 
sort of describing the way people use our product. Let's start off. Our company's called Email Data Source, and we have a product called Email Analyst, which is uh, really one of the first and only independent third-party email analytics tools out there. What I mean by that is we look at the – usually when a company is doing any type of analytics, they're doing it on their own campaign. Uh, they're working with an email service provider that is providing them data on the click rates and open rates and uh, the volume that their emails went out, and then they try to determine based on that knowledge how to refine their email sends to obviously have a higher response and higher ROI for their email campaigns. What we do is, is different than that. We don't work with an individual company to help them with their specific campaigns. We look at the market in general from a third-party standpoint, and we do that by having seated ourselves as widely as we can across over the last three years on as many lists as possible and as many brands as possible and as many market sectors as possible. And we aggregate that data. We have over a million email marketing messages in our database, and our, the clients who purchase our tool can then access that data to draw certain inferences and, and pull competitive intelligence information across the email industry. In the specific case of our tool, what people use it for, for instance, in the affiliate space, which is uh, obviously a prime importance to people in the payday loan industry, it's knowing what affiliates are out there and trying to find the affiliates that are good, who, who seem to be doing their email sends properly, who are CAN-SPAM compliant, uh, it's often difficult to find those people. Also, it's very difficult to monitor those people. So even when you start using an affiliate, especially if you're using a, a middleman like an affiliate manager, you're often blind to the uh, emails that are going out with your brand. You don't know if the affiliate has changed your subject line, if he's changed your creative, if he's overusing his list to send out your message. Uh, you may be completely unaware of any of that. And so a big part of our tool for people in the payday loan industry is, one, finding new lists to work with to carry their offers. And and two, to monitor their offers to make sure that they're being done properly throughout the campaign. And the secondary use for the analytics tool is to do things like subject line analysis. You want to see if a particular subject line is being used more frequently than another or certain phrases are being used more frequently than others or people personalizing their subject lines. So you can use the, uh, the benefit of uh, three years' worth of data to see which emails may have driven more traffic based on the subject line, see who's been testing the subject line, see if they segment their list uh, and try different things. And so what we do is we provide a vast array of email messages. The tool allows you to slice and dice that data in many different ways to see which emails have been the most effective so that you can use it for competitive intelligence, find out what your competitors are doing, what lists they're working with, find new lists that you want to work with, as well as find a monitoring your own systems. And so within the, our context, that's what we define as email analytics. It's that ability to monitor your, your email, see the effectiveness of your competitors' emails, and to uh, find people that are working in the industry that you'd want to work with. Just as a follow-on to that, how long has email analytics been something that people could subscribe to or purchase? Well, in our particular case, for the kinds of analytics that we provide, our tool has been available uh, since 2004, and there really isn't anything else on the market that does what we do. So for the kinds of things that we provide, that data has been available since 2004. Thanks. Can you provide some details about how you gather analytics about email? It would seem to us that this would be a difficult marketing method to quantify. How, for example, do you gather the raw email data that you examine for the payday loan industry? Can you explain yeah, I, a bit about that? What we do is we, as I say, we seed ourselves across 
thousands and thousands of lists. We currently monitor uh, about 18,000 different companies. That represents probably around 30 or 40,000 different websites. Uh, we monitor over 4,000 individual companies that send the emails out across hundreds of thousands of sending domain names that we aggregate across about 250 different market sectors. And so what we do is we go out and make sure that we are opted in to receive as many email marketing messages as we possibly can, and that includes in-house lists, third-party lists. You know, we, we sign up for all kinds of sweepstakes and everything else that will get us as wide a reach as possible across the email marketing industry. We also then import data from other sources, uh, things like website traffic trends and traffic data. We overlay that on top of all this other data so that you can start to draw trends and see analysis of an email going out and subsequent spikes in traffic that might occur from that email. The idea of that is to be able to see if a particular list or a particular message seems to generate a higher response than uh, some other message might. And so by looking at all of this information across such a wide a variety of messages and, and different types of lists, you can start to get a, a real feel for who's in the industry, how often, you know, what the trends are. We, we track everything by volume numbers, so we can track over a period of the last three years the ups and downs of, of particular market sector as far as email concerned, uh, et cetera. So, for instance, uh, as sort of a specific example, we've been looking at the payday loan industry to prepare for this interview, and I was looking, of course, the payday loan industry is just one of you know hundreds of market sectors that we monitor on a daily basis, but taking a look at this particular market sector, it's been interesting to go in and, and take a look and see the fact that uh, the volume of email for this particular sector seems to have actually slacked off quite a bit, especially over the last few months. We saw a huge spike in email volume traffic around the, the January time frame where there was a gigantic amount of email going out uh, that was driving traffic to various websites in the payday loan industry. We've seen that slack off probably by about 80% over the last few months. But the interesting thing is when I look at the response and the website traffic that are going to the websites that, that deal in that industry, the response rate has gone up dramatically over the last two months. In fact, some of the highest response we've, we've noticed in the last year have happened in the July and August timeframe. There's basically been two large spikes in response that we've been able to track in the payday loan industry, and, and the, one of those was around the January timeframe, perhaps people that had a lot of bills to pay for Christmas, and then a, a gigantic response again in the uh, July and August area, maybe people getting ready for vacation and need some extra cash. I'm not quite sure the reason for it, but all we do is we provide the raw data, and uh, everyone who's sort of an expert in their own industry has to analyze that data and, and decide what it actually means. So that's how we go about it. Quite interesting. Thanks for those statistics. We would presume that gathering analytics about email is only one part of an overall marketing strategy. How do you recommend that people use analytics as part of their overall campaigns? Is there any particular advice you can give to people operating in the payday loan market space about this? Yeah, I can show you. I can tell you based on an anecdote that happened with one of our clients. Uh, this is you know, someone who was working in the, uh, not necessarily the payday loan industry, but the affiliate marketing space. They were in the loan area, and they had an affiliate that they were using that was the second best affiliate that they had. In other words, their, the ROI and the number of responses and the number of leads that they generated from this one affiliate was the second highest one that they had of all of their affiliates that was working with them. And they were quite happy with the affiliate. And then they looked into our tool 
and discovered that, in fact, they were 54th on the list for that particular affiliate. In other words, the affiliate was sending out offers in their market sector more often for 53 other brands and 53 of their other competitors. And so they were quite far down on the inventory list uh, as far as that affiliate was concerned. But as far as they were concerned, nothing was going wrong because they were, had a very extremely high-performing affiliate. By using the tool and using the analytics available to them, they were able to realize that there was a problem where there didn't seem to be a problem in the past. They contacted the affiliate to ask what the, the matter was. Uh, the affiliate told them that, A, their creative was not as good as some of the other companies that they worked with, and, B, they didn't pay as high as some of the other companies that they were working with. And so by opening up that dialogue, they were able to adjust the rate that they paid and also work with the affiliate to improve the creative. And they went from being the second best affiliate to being the, the best affiliate that they worked with. And the response that they got from the affiliate was many fold uh, higher than they had achieved before. And so that's just sort of one example where using analytics can actually solve a problem where you may not even have perceived that there was a problem in the past. As well as another example of the way people might use our tool, it was interesting to note when I was at the uh, casino affiliate show a while back, I was doing a presentation on emails in the affiliate space, and we were able to show, in fact, that uh, some of the top online casinos were driving much of the traffic that they were getting via email. And we were able to show that when their email drops for a period of time, that their response rate, the amount of people going to their website also slacked off. And when they increased their email sends, the traffic went up dramatically, and it was a one-to-one -one correspondence. You could see emails dropping off, traffic dropping off, emails going up, traffic increasing. I made that presentation at the casino show and went and talked to one of the top online casinos right after the show and told them about this, or actually somebody in the audience told them about this, and they said, well, we don't do email. We don't let our affiliates do any email. And and, in fact, we were able to bring up all of their emails and show, in fact, that these were their emails. They were driving traffic to their site. The fact was that the, uh, the casino was unaware that it was the emails that were driving the majority of their traffic. All they knew is they were getting leads from a particular uh, affiliate or they are getting traffic from an affiliate. And as far as they were concerned, they didn't know if that lead came from a banner ad or it came from a website somewhere or a Google ad. Uh, they were unaware that they were uh, using email. However, the affiliates were quite aware that the highest response that they were going to get was through email. And so they were utilizing it, even though they had been told by the brand itself not to use email as the uh, traffic generator. And in fact, because email has such a high response rate, the affiliate went ahead and used it anyway. It generated the majority of the traffic going to the site, and the casino was completely blind to that uh, fact. They did not know where the traffic was coming from. They did not know the fact that the email was incredibly effective in driving traffic. And we're actually trying to stop the very thing that was driving the majority of the traffic of their sites. So to characterize that, basically, the casino signed up with an affiliate. The affiliate was sending a, a large num amount of email on behalf of the casino, and that was the traffic going to the casino, but the casino didn't know that, and your tool figured that out. Is that accurate? That's absolutely true. We were able to show not only the traffic and the uh, and the email sent, we were actually showing, showing them the emails and the affiliates that were sending them out. Do you think that that's a common practice based on looking across your data? Oh, absolutely. Within the affiliate space, it's a very common practice. We rarely do a demo where we bring up uh, the 
person we're demoing, we bring up their creative, that they aren't astounded to see their creative. It's emails they don't recognize. It's emails they never authorized. It's creative that they never authorized. It sometimes changed creative. They're, every time we demo the product, almost inevitably, there's a point where we bring up some creative and they go, oh my God, what is that? I've never seen that before. And in fact, it's driving traffic to my site. I have no idea what that is. We've really provided the first transparency into the affiliate email marketing space. There really has not been any type of transparency before. And as a result, people are actually, A, able to see the effectiveness of email for the first time. They're actually able to see that even if they had reservations about using email in the past, in fact, it's quite clear it's driving the traffic to their site. And so they have to sort of rethink their strategy as far as email is concerned. Obviously, you don't want to cut off the, the goose that lays the golden egg. Uh, if it's working, you want to make sure that it's working properly. And so the second phase of that is, is once you realize that email is highly effective, it's starting to put a program in place so that you can, in fact, monitor that carefully, work with the proper affiliates, and put a proper program in place so that you are not getting blacklisted, so that emails aren't going out with improper creative or subject lines, and that you keep a tight control over it. So the idea is you want to be able to continue to use email, and you want to start implementing an email program, but you want to be able to monitor and uh, have transparency into that program. Thanks much. That leads me to my next question. Spam, unsolicited bulk email, consumers dislike it. What's your company's policy on working with companies that might be engaged in spamming? And how does your company ensure it's not knowingly aiding spammers in the payday loan market space? Well, spam is defined fairly narrowly within our company because the fact we go and opt in to receive email messages, uh, everything that we do is pretty much of an opt-in. And, and the email addresses that we use are all unique. And so they can't be guessed at, they can't be harvested, can't be uh, used by someone like, like uh, for instance, most spammers when they're gathering email addresses will comb a website for email addresses and, and send to those, those lists. In our case, that's not the case. In fact, we uh, have very little what we consider spam in our system, I would say that what we consider spam, and better way to say it is what we uh, what we consider legitimate email, other people may consider spam. We consider an email legitimate if it comes into our system with a legitimate can spam address in it, uh, an opt-out link that works, and is not obviously inappropriate material. That being said, we do receive that type of email from certain co-op lists that we opt in to receive. However, uh, it's a small percentage of the overall messages that we receive. Now, that being said, if an email is sent to us and we didn't necessarily give direct permission to receive that email, as long as it has the things that it's supposed to have to be CAN-SPAM compliant, we don't consider that spam. Spam in our system is a small, small area. I should be really clear to point out we're not a spam house. We're not after spammers. Uh, we don't really care that the whole spam identification industry, we, our whole business is to help marketers, legitimate marketers, do their job better. And so our focus is on legitimate marketing messages and analyzing those legitimate marketing messages. There are other companies that are involved in the control of, of spam. It's not an area that we get into and not an area where we're particularly interested in. Okay. As a follow-on to that, do you have any ability or do you know of any statistics just offhand indicating sort of that there's been migration where you know you opted in to receive an email from one place, but guess what? Now all of a sudden you're picking up email from like four other places that you didn't actually opt in to. Is that something you find? 
Oh, most definitely. We actually, because we use unique email addresses in all of our seeds, we can trace everything back to our original opt-in. And so we can run reports that show everyone who has bought that email address, in other words, how far it's traveled. So we, we use a particular email. Let's say we have a sweepstakes. We use a unique email address. We then monitor that email address, and we can tell every time it's been sold. Uh, so if, if we signed up at one place and suddenly we're receiving it somewhere else, we can give you the full topography of that email. We can, we can show you the entire chain of different email addresses. Uh, early on in our system, we had signed up for uh, a company called American Giveaways, which is no longer in business. In fact, it was sued by the Attorney General's office, New York Attorney General's office, soon after uh, an article that we wrote about it came through. And it was one of these, uh, you know, sign up and receive a free 50 free CDs or something like that. It was a giveaway type of, uh, of offer. Uh, and we were able to trace over, over, I think, somewhere close to five or 600 different companies that sent to that email address, including pornography and everything else. I mean, it was, it was a pretty crazy company, and uh, they soon went out of business and were shut down. But that type of thing was much more prevalent in 2003 before the, the laws were so strict and before the, the legislation and the attorney general and there, a lot of other forces went in after some of these companies. You see much much less of that today. In fact, I would say you see almost virtually none of that today. Not that people don't change addresses, but usually there's something in the uh, opt-in page that says, you know, we reserve the right to sell your address to someone else. But the sort of wholesaling of email addresses and selling to illegitimate companies, that type of thing was quite prominent in the 2003 area, but uh, uh, we don't see it so much anymore. Uh, as an additional follow-on, I would think that indiscriminate sales of somebody's email address would be bad for the consumer and also bad for the company that is sending the email. Let me move to my final question. How do you think email analytics are actually good for consumers? For example, do the practices that accompany a campaign using analytics have benefits for the consumers? An unattended effect, as it were? The way we look at it is that if we can provide the first transparency into the industry, it means that the companies that are looking for a good legitimate affiliates and good marketers are able to find those people and are able to look historically into what they've done. That means they're going to spend their money with people that hopefully will not get them blacklisted, will not get them knocked off lists, and will not uh, do anything to destroy the brand equity they have may build up. And so we feel that by providing that type of transparency, the money starts to flow into the correct areas, and that's good for the end consumer. We're not a consumer-focused company. We're a marketer-focused company. And so our main goal is to make sure that marketers have the data they need to make the proper decisions. If they're not working blindly and they're able to make partnerships with people that are high level of integrity and do a good job in the email marketing space, then those dollars flow towards those people and flow away from the people that are less legitimate and, and perhaps a little on the more gray or murky side. Hopefully that all trickles down and helps the consumer in that they get messages that they are, want to receive, they don't get messages that they don't want to receive, and that they, the response rate and the ROI goes up as a result. So let me add the fact that, as we mentioned earlier, in the last few months, we've noticed a, a dramatic decrease in the volume of emails in the payday loan sector coming into our system. But yet we've seen the inverse in, as far as the response rate is concerned. We've seen the response dramatically increase. This is an indication, perhaps, that the payday loan industry is being more discriminate in the types of companies they work with and the types of messages and perhaps realizing that more is not necessarily better. 
and that fewer messages that are more highly targeted with better creative, uh, with better lists, gets you a higher response rate than just blasting out as many emails as you can indiscriminately. We're certainly noticing that as the volume has gone down, the response rate has gone up. And so that's uh, an indication of uh, how you can use analytics to help where perhaps it's not intuitive. Uh, the, the kinds of results that you get are not necessarily intuitive. You, intuitively, you may think the more messages you send, the higher response rate you're eventually going to get. In fact, we see that the opposite is true. Uh, as the volume goes down, the response rate seems to increase. Bill, thanks much for your insight and for joining us today. My pleasure. This week's podcast did not have a sponsor. Like the work we're doing? Please contact Robert James via the contact page on our website to learn more about how you can support our work. Remember, visit PLIwatch.org for industry-independent news, interviews, RSS news feeds, helpful tips, and older podcasts. You can also take a look at our listings and reviews of payday loan vendors. This is Will Stotler for PLI Watch. Thanks for listening.